to us. I'm trying to look up something real quick uh, for scripture. If I forget, someone write down Romans 2, 4. If I forget, and I say, hey, what's the scripture I meant to say? It's Romans 2, 4. Don't turn there. Just someone jot a note for me since I didn't have a pen. I want to uh, take some time this morning. In the last few weeks, we shared about uh, community and how that if we're going to be successful and our walk with Christ, that we need communion. We, we talked about the paralytic and his four friends who carried him to the feet of Jesus and how important that was, that, that, that in modern Christianity, we, we buy this saying, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me, and I don't need anybody else. And here's the reality. If you have a family and you're the only one in it, how lonely is it? How fulfilling is it? How successful is it? How important is it? And you begin to realize that, that, wow, we really need that family connection. And, and, and so I think it's one of the things that God really stresses more than we could ever, ever imagine. He said, Abraham, he didn't say you're going to be, you, he didn't say, Abraham, you're going to have many nations. He says, Abraham, you're going to be the father, right? You're going to be the father. You're going to be the son. And so, so a lot of stuff that he promotes has to do with, with family and relationship and all those things. And and that we need family, we need our, our, our friends in this building to get us where we need to go. Um, and then last week I talked about take up your mat and, and, and talked about the paralytic at the, the pool of Bethesda, and, and literally it's called the pouring. And that person was so close to the outpouring of God, and all he had to do was roll in, but he couldn't do it. And then Jesus asked him a really important question. He said, uh, do you want to get well? Right? And so, so many times, I'll be honest, in our, in our Christian faith and and, 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 and community, um, we, we're honest, we all know there's people who come to church but never really want to get well. I mean, there's people who come to want to get well, and, and they just don't seem to get there, and, and that's a whole different sermon. But, but I, I talked about um, my encounter last week in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, at a conference, and it had to do with repentance. And if, if I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think we quite grasp the fullness of repentance, right? So, so I, I don't think we really understand what repentance is. And so I, I, I think if I'm going to give you just a, a brief synopsis, this is going to be more of a, a teaching than, than me being more charismatic or whatever, I, I guess. Um, I think people think repentance is, hey, uh, mom says don't go in the cookie jar, Johnny. And Johnny goes in the cookie jar and steals a cookie and walks out and has cookie on his mouth and Mom says, hey, Johnny, were you in a cookie jar? And Johnny says what? No, not me, Mom. So it kind of goes away, and then the next day, Johnny goes in a cookie jar and gets a cookie out of the cookie jar, and Mom knows the cookies aren't quite the same number they were before, and says, hey, hey, Johnny, were you in a cookie jar? And Johnny says, no, Mom, wasn't me. Third day, Johnny goes to the cookie jar, and Mom catches him going to the cookie jar, and Johnny says what? Sorry, Mom. Saying you're sorry is not repentance. I, 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 noticed that I know that I want you to work with me because what happens is we, we and, and again, I, I struggle with this is because we, we've seen it. We, 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 we ask people to give their hearts to Jesus Christ. We ask people to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We ask them to pray a prayer, but we never talk about the word repentance. So they say, hey, I said a prayer. Right, so I must be a Christian, but how come nothing's changed? Are you with me? Billy said, hey, out of, out of 100 people who come to the altar, anybody remember the number I told you a couple weeks ago that were truly committed to Christ? How many out of 100? What percentage? Eight. So Billy Graham has all these crusades, all these thousands of people. He said 8% of them actually come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. What's the difference between the 8% and the 92%? They repented. And so what happens is we, we do a great job talking about pray this prayer or do this thing, and yet we never talk about what true repentance really looks like. 
And so, so we're going to take some time this morning, and we're, we're going we're gonna to give some definitions. And uh, this is not my style of teaching. Uh, I really wanted Jason to come and do it, but I didn't have the heart to ask him. But if I asked you the definition of repentance, what would you tell me? Restoration and relationship. To turn away from? Go ahead. Anybody else? How you deviated from Okay. Yep. Okay. Heartbreaking cry for forgiveness and relief. Heartbreaking if it's true heartbreaking and not just emotional. Right? And so have you ever been to a place where God really moves and someone comes and gives their heart to Jesus Christ? They are sobbing. Um, we used to call it sucking the rug. Um, literally, where people, I went to Brownsville, the Brownsville Revival, and literally millions of people came to Christ at the Revival. Um, and literally people would just come and they would, they would run from here to the front door and just just slide on their faces and just begin to weep out of this brokenness. And uh, I, I don't know that we see that anymore in our in our I don't think. And it's not about the it's not about the outer manifestations, but it is somewhat about the outer, outer manifestations. And so I want to just read a couple things, and we're going to look at some Old Testament, and then we're going to get into the New Testament. Okay, and I want to just take some time. So I'm going to read a definition of repentance. It says refers to an event. It's an event in which an individual attains a divinely new understanding of their behavior, right? All of a sudden, you'll have this wow moment. Man, I have missed the mark that God has set before me. You have that moment where you realize that your, your life is a train wreck. You realize that things aren't the way they should be in your relationship with God. There's this new understanding that your behavior and feels compelled to change your behavior. Ready? If you have this revelation that you missed the mark, but you're not compelled to change, guess what? You had an emotional moment where you, where you got your hand in a cookie jar, and you got caught in the cookie jar, and you know you disappointed mom, but you really haven't made the decision to change. Man, it's everything. It's a complete reset. And so, so what, what, after I spoke last week, I, I heard some people say, well, what about repentance? What is it really repentance? And, and that's why I really want to make it clear, because I can tell you, um, I, I will admit that my walk with God's a little different, and, and the way I do things are a little different. So you're compelled to change your behavior and begin a new path with God for the first time, the second time, the third time, the 40th time, the hundredth time, a thousandth time. Why do I make sure I said one, two, three, four, a hundred, a thousand? Because repentance is an ongoing thing with your walk with Christ. It was not a one-time deal. How many of you repented in the last seven days? Okay, about half of us. How many times could we repent? <laughs> Let's just be real. 
right? So, so here's Martin Luther, if, if he's Luther. Martin Luther was the head of the Reformation. And Martin Luther, from the time he went to the bed at night and he got the next morning, he repented for six hours a day. Like, I don't know what you can do so wrong against God that you need to take six hours to repent. He may have been a little obsessive. Right? But I can tell you, we always need to repent, but there's times when the, wagons come, the wheels come off the wagon, you really need to stop. We really need to, to, to take a deep breath and say, wait a minute, man, I, I don't care how many times I repent, I need to continue to what? Just remember, repentance is change. It's not saying, I'm sorry. Hey, God, I'm sorry. I, I, God, I'm sorry I had that thought. God, I'm sorry I looked at that woman lustfully. God, I'm sorry I stole the cookie. That's not what it is. It is the deepening relationship between you and God. Do you hear me? How many of you guys are afraid of repentance? How many of you guys are afraid of repentance? Let's be honest. What's that? There's an element of fear in that. Because I think, I think for me, for me is, man, is God going to whack me? Right? I mean, I mess up so bad that God, listen to me, I'm, I'm, I'm free, I know it, but there's times where I mess up so bad, I'm waiting for God to do what? Lower the, the lower the boom. And God says, I don't, I'm not going to lower the boom. That's a scripture I want to look at. It was, was somewhere in my mind. Don't turn there. But it, Romans 2, 4 says, it's your loving kindness that leads us to repentance. Listen to me. Repentance is not a bad thing. It is not a horrible thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's his loving kindness. It's his love for me. It's his relationship with me that says, wait a minute, man. You have gone in the wrong direction. I'm going to pull you. I'm going to pull you back to me. This makes sense so far? Yes, ma'am. So it's to repent from something, but to repent to something deeper, right? It's just not get it's just not to get out of jail free card. It is an invitation into a deeper intimacy with who. And I can tell you, every time you want to go deeper with God, there's going to be some more things you need to do. What, right? And not everyone's life looks the same. And I know that sounds crazy, but but. I don't hide the fact that, that when, I, when I got saved, I, we did street ministry on the boardwalk, and I would not go on the boardwalk before 6 o'clock at night. Why would I not go on the boardwalk before 6 o'clock at night? I was in Ocean City. We did street, street ministry. We did boardwalk ministry. The reason I didn't go to the beach and I didn't go to the boardwalk, because as a new believer, the one thing I could not fill my eyes with was what? Man. You know how many... Eight tenths naked girls were on the beach every single day. And what I knew is I could not fill my eyes with, right? So I'd walk down the boardwalk, even late in the afternoon, and, then, and there may be a good-looking girl, and I'd look, and I'm like, oh. Th- I'm telling you the truth. My pastor told me, he said, the first look is free. The second one's going to cost you. <laughs> look, y'all, y'all want me to be real. The first, free, the first look was free. I'd be like, hmm, oh. It couldn't be alone, though. I'm just telling you the way it is. Even now, there's things that God allows other people to do that he doesn't allow me to do, and I don't get angry about it because I realize that for me to go to a deeper level, I've got to leave more stuff behind to go deeper with him. And your depth of your walk with God has to do with your heart of repentance to get where God wants you to be. Most people want to repent enough to get into heaven, but not enough to go to the place of intimacy with him. There's a huge difference. Am I making sense, Meg? There's a huge difference. So we look at the word repentance in the Old Testament. The word is shove, S-H-U-V. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's kind of what Dwayne talked about a little bit, and, and I think uh, Meg shared a little bit. 
when you begin to look at repentance in the Old Testament, there's a couple different examples. When Ezra called people to repentance, there was this uncontrollable weeping. Did they weep because they were supposed to weep? Was it just a show? No, there was this acknowledgement in their heart that they had missed what God wanted, so there was this weeping that took place. I don't know about you, it's kind of crazy if you read the Old Testament, if, if the nations kind of went away from God and, and God confronted them, they wore cloths and they would, they would actually what? It said they rend their clothing. What does that mean? Huh? Man, they would tear their clothing to say, man, this is who, ready? It was a public, it was a public acknowledgement. Man, I have missed the mark of God. So they would, we as a nation or we as a community or we as a family, and they would begin to rend their clothes. They would begin to tear their clothes and say, God, I am undone before you. There was this, thing that they would used to do when they realized they hurt the heart of God and they began to mourn, they wore this stuff called sackcloth. And then what sackcloth is? It's actually put sackcloth and ashes. Ready? What is sackcloth? You got any old-time farmers in here? Burlap. I don't know about you, the thought of me wearing burlap on this body, woo, itch, uncomfortable, rash. I mean, think about it. Should repentance make us uncomfortable from where we are? Right? I'm, I'm still learning. I've been at this for 25 years, and I still don't have it right. I told my wife the repentance I went through at Harrisburg last weekend was probably the second or third largest breaking I've ever been through in my life. And it was that. It was a breaking because he loved me. Because he loved me. Not because he was angry with me. Not because he wanted to punish me. He's saying, Joe, we got to get back. Joe, we have got to get back. I'm going to let you go and do whatever you want to do. There's going to be a point, man, when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, hey, boom. Not to punish me, but because he loves me and he cares for me. There was a making of restitution, right? Where we get that from, Dwayne? Hey, hey. I'm sorry, right? You have to make amends. In the Old Testament, you had to make if you stole a man's cow, it was punishable by, hey, give him another cow, right? So, so I, I want us to try to, to, again, try to draw the picture of the Old Testament thing of repentance. Don't slam the Old Testament. There are a lot of godly people. Not everyone in the Old Testament was a Pharisee. We have this mindset that there's a law and everyone was a Pharisee and no one got it right. There are a lot of people that had great hearts towards God who wanted to see God do great things. King David, Abraham, we can go down the list. Right? So the law was, was kind of like the bumpers on the bowling lane to keep us out of the gutter. People don't understand that. The law was to punish me. The, the law was, no, the law was God has this path for you. It's straight. He wants you to roll a strike, but you can't do it if you're in the gutter. So the law was the bumper to keep you out of the gutter. You want to know why the bumpers are there? Because everyone wants to spend more time in the gutter than they do the right path. Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth. Are you ready to look at some scripture? I'm just getting warmed up.
So the bumper begins at the beginning of the lane and ends at the end of the lane. And that's what God's saying is, listen to me. I've got this plan. I've got this path. I want you to be on because I, I love you and I care for you. And, I, and we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're ready. I'm going to use you to change the world around you. But you can't go outside the boundaries. If you have your Bible, someone go to 2 Corinthians 7.14. 2 Chronicles, sorry. 2 Chronicles 7.14, Old Testament. Anybody know the scripture? If my people. Come on, I want someone to read it though. Wow, listen to me. There is so much in that couple of verses that's astounding. What you need to know is that Solomon was the king, and things weren't bad. Things were what? Things were good. They were blessed, and things were perfect. But God says, when you turn away from me, I'm going to give you the prescription on how to get back to me. Are you with me? So it, wa it wasn't that things were bad at that point. But as Meg said, it was a slow fade, one degree at a time, and then all of a sudden they realized they began to miss the mark. And God said, when you do this, and I'm, I'm going to break it down, and it says 2 Chronicles 7.14, the, 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 the first one is the hardest, if I humble myself. What does it mean to humble yourself? What does it mean to humble yourself? To submit in reverence that you are not him and your plans are not his plans, but his plans should be your plans. Ready? In modern Christianity, we sell this saying, it's all about you, and it's not. It's always all about him. You need to humble yourselves. Can I be honest with you? Just a thought. What do you have to humble yourself from? What's the, I was, what's the opposite of humility? Pride. Uh-oh. What was the first sin? What got Satan thrown out of heaven? Pride, right? I, I can tell you that, that, that if you're a type A personality like me, you think you can do it all yourself all the time, and that, yes, God's with you, but you don't really need, if we're going to be honest, you don't really need him to accomplish what's in front of you. I got this. You got nothing. I'm just going to lay it out. You got nothing. You can't do it. So you have to humble yourself because you're so prideful, ready? The nation was being blessed, right? God was pouring out his blessing. They said, happy birthday, by the way. Right? God was, sorry, just slipped out. Just slipped out. Saw that smiling face. Happy birthday, right? That, 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 that everything was being blessed, you ready? And when you're blessed, it's easier to forget who? God. Look at us, look what we've done. We're a mighty nation. We're a great people. Blah, 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 blah. And what God's saying, first of all, you need to humble yourself and realize that you have not done and you're not who you think you are. And then he says you need to what? Pray. What is prayer? What is prayer? Ready? That song that uh, the, the guy, uh, is it Brandon Lake does, Talking with Jesus? Is there a song called Talking with Jesus? Talking about his grandma used to pray. Now they're just talking with Jesus. Prayer is literally just talking with Jesus. But it's just not talking to, it's talking with. Anybody have that person in your life, all they do is talk? Hey, let's have a conversation. Hey, Tara, how you doing? I hope things will go out of work this week. Glad to see you in church, Tara. How you feeling? Everything good? Hey, anything I can do for you? It's nice to see you. You look great. Hey, glad you're here, right? And the whole time is I'm talking at, but not we are so good at talking at God that we're not good talking with God. Hey, God. Man, things are so sideways. 
things are so messed up. God, I know you love me, and you say your sheep hear your voice. God, will you be just begin to show me some things in my life that are just askew? You do that in humility. He's going to say what? I got a list where you want to start. And not to punish you, but to bring you back into a relationship. That, 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 that there, there's this two-way conversation that needs to take place. And it says, if they seek my face, what does it mean to seek his face? Get to know him. What does it mean to seek his face? Right? If I have to seek him, I have to find him. Can I tell you how many times it makes me sick to my stomach when someone says, well, God knows where I am. He knows where I'm at. He wants to find me. He can find me. Here's a revelation. He is not lost. He is not lost. He doesn't need to be found. You are lost, and you need to be found. Right? We, we, listen, we, I hear it all the time. It drives me nuts. Anybody play, when you're a kid, you know, when I grew up, we, we played some redneck games. Anybody play the game Kick the Can? Anybody know what Kick the Can is? You put a can in the dark, and everyone goes hide in the dark, and you have teams, and there was a can, and you had to kind of sneak in without getting caught, and you had to kick the can. And we also played a game called Hide and... You played last night, did you? Come on, baby, confess it. You do Ready? Hide, and he knows where I'm at. No, 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 no. What does it mean to seek something? To look for it, to go after it. And he says, seek my face. He didn't say, seek my hand, seek my blessing. He said, seek my face. I want to be intimate with you. Humble yourselves, pray, seek his face, and then what? Turn. So if I'm going in this direction and I need to turn, how far do I need to turn? All the way around. All right, I turned all the way around. Guess what I'm still doing? It's not 360, it's 180. It means you go completely the opposite direction of what you were going. When I ask that question, everyone says 360. Well, 360 just puts you back on the path of where you were. It means you go, come on. It means you go completely in the opposite direction of what you're doing. Now, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a sin that won't offend anybody. <laughs> What's that? Right? I'm trying to find. So if I if I have an issue with alcohol, I, I can't say, well, I'm only going to drink wine. I'm only going to drink beer. I'm only I'm only right. If I have a true issue, I'm look, Daryl. I didn't mean to call you out, baby, but let's just be honest, right? If you're going to repent and get right with Christ, you can't say, well, I'm going to hang out with the boys at the bar. I'm going to hang out with whatever. You've got to say, I, I've made a decision to go completely in the opposite. It's your decision out of relationship with him that brings a change in you. But the problem is we don't like to change because it's scary when we leave things behind. Now I'm only in the first scripture. Jesus, help me. If I turn from my wicked ways, not confess them, listen to me, my wife had this conversation this morning. Well, I, I confess them. Ready? Confession is not turning. Confession is just making a public acknowledgement. Ready? I, I'll, I'll share a story, and um, I, I don't know how else to do it. There's a guy that lived down below, and, and I won't mention his name, but he went to a church down below, and and uh, I've shared this before in the church, so it happens. This guy, every, 
couple Sundays we come to church. He'd come to church every Sunday, but every few Sundays he'd say, uh, we're having testimony time and confession. He'd say, hey, I guess I slept with Frank's wife last night. Right in the middle of church. And a couple weeks later, he'd come back to church and man, I messed up again. I slept with Johnny's wife last night. That's confession. That's not what? Confession is saying, hey, I know that I'm not where I need to be. Repentance is literally allowing the presence and the power of God to what? And if you do that, he says he'll heal you. He said he'd heal the land, but the land includes the people. Why do we have so many broken, unhealthy, unwhole people in our church? Not a church, I say the church. Because we're good at praying a prayer and we're good at showing up, but we're not good at truly repenting. Go ahead, Tara, what are you thinking? And it's important to understand that. It's important. If you're really going to go with God, man, there's some things you need to what? Leave behind. You have to leave it behind. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Can, can we just be honest? Yes, thank you. So make sure you agree with me. How many of you all know when you jump the rails? When I say use the term jump the rails, how many know when you jump the rails? Where the train that you're the train that you're on is no longer on the tracks. How many of you guys know that? All of us. We all know when things aren't the way they're supposed to be, and that's what she's getting at. We know. Look, when I when I went to re, when I went to that conference, I had no idea the whole conference was going to be on this subject. I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone. But 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 what happened is that I knew that the. As much as I love God, as much as I desire to serve God, I knew things were not good. The crazy thing is, the moment I repented, he said, what? I'll get you back on the tracks in 10 miles. No, no, the moment I repented, I was back on the tracks. I can't go into any of the details. The moment I repented, God began to, not my marriage is in trouble, but, but God began to restore my marriage. Right? There's some things that weren't, we, we, we weren't clicking. The moment I repented, I came home and my wife said, Joe, something has changed. Right? Some of the visions and dreams and things that God had put in my heart were so distant and so far, and I was frustrated and angry that I'd lost the vision and the passion. But the moment I repented, all of a sudden, ready? literally, I have three, me three meetings this week. I have one I had to cancel 
Saturday for a funeral. We have two more meetings this week that literally did everything God spoken to us over the years about some of the things he wants us to do. People, I didn't call people. People began to what? Call me. I could kick myself in the, terror, in the tail that I got off the tracks that long. I'm, I'm your pastor. I'm going to be honest. I got off the tracks. Did I love God? Absolutely. Did I preach good messages? The best I could. Did I worship? The best I could. But I knew things still weren't what? Does this make sense so far? Ready? Are you guys ready to go to New Testament? We're going to look at 14 scriptures. And we look at one so far. Scott says, I've had enough, I'm out. See you, Scott. Appreciate you. Wait till I get you on the pickleball court. I'm hitting the forehead. In love, in Jesus' name. Right? The Greek word for, for repentance is metaneo. Right? Metaneo. M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A. To change one's mind. That sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's to change your mind in accordance to God's will and God's thought and God's life. I changed my mind. I was going to go right at the stop sign, now I'm going to go left. It's not that simple. It's to change your mind, to take... To change your thought process, Scripture says take every thought captive to the knowledge of Christ. Take every thought captive to what God wants, ready, for me and through me. Ready? Let's be honest. Sin doesn't start with action. Sin starts where? From my mind to my heart, and then it becomes an action. You sin in your mind long before you sin in your heart. And that's why in the New Testament, Jesus says, if you think about a woman lustfully, you've already, come on, that's not my notes, I made that up, I'm good. It starts in your mind long before it shows up in your heart, and long before it shows up in your actions. Ready? To turn or return to God. To turn to or to return to God. Ready? Repentance has to do with a turning away from, but also returning to someone. I'm just not going to do that anymore. Okay. Are you any closer to God? I could get up one day and say pickleball becomes a, a sin for me. I just, I'm obsessed by it. I say, okay, I'm not going to play pickleball anymore. Well, if it doesn't change my relationship with God, it's not truly repentance. So you, you ready? You, you, you turn from, but you also turn to. Ready? You're delivered from, but you're delivered to. You're saved from, but you're saved to. That everything has to lead you back where? To the feet of Jesus. Everything has to lead you back to the feet of Jesus. If it's not, it's not repentance. It's just what? Religion. It's just a religious act. Make sense? Yes, no, maybe. You guys had enough? Ready to go home yet? One, two, three, four, five. Just five more verses. No, five more scriptures, not verses. <sighs> what do you say? All right. <laughs> Matthew 3, 1 to 11. Love you, ladies. You're awesome. Matthew 3, 1 to 11. Matthew 3, 1 to 11.
right? Jesus has been on the earth for 30 years, right? John the Baptist is a forerunner of Jesus. Listen to me. The gospel message, the gospel message, the first message ever preached was what? Repent. It doesn't say get saved. It doesn't say say a prayer. It says repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Is it? What does it say? It's too long to read. Okay. So, so the, 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 the first message and the most important message that the gospel message is, is I'm not going to make you feel better. I'm not going to give you joy. I'm not going to do this or that. The first message, the only message that really needs to be preached for someone to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ is, ready? Jesus, that's not repentance. Say this prayer. That's not repentance. I think the church has missed the, the understanding of repentance. Repentance is acknowledgement that without him, you are in trouble. Ready? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Oh, my hand's a cookie jar. I'm so sorry. No, that's not repentance. To turn from, but to turn to. The kingdom of God is at hand, which means what? He is here. He's not coming. He's here. Turn to him when? Now. Don't wait. Right now is your time. He's not going to come. He is already here. And he's done this. Ready? For one reason. Listen to me. Repentance has to do with a word called reconciliation. What is reconciliation? What is reconciliation? To make things right. To reconcile. To bring things into account. Anybody reconcile a bank account? I've never done it in my life. Chuck, Chuck almost fell out. Someone, hey, Kathy, give, Kathy, give him mouth to mouth. I, I'm not, I'm not going to, right? <laughs> Look, Cindy Chitty's like, oh, no. Right? I got one on each side of the room. That is not me. I, I haven't reconciled a bank account, and, and I can't tell you the last time I was. I was probably 11. Um, but anyhow, re reconciles to bring everything into account, into a, an order, right? So Jesus' ministry is the ministry of re reconciliation. Ready? Repentance brings us into a place of reconciliation, making things right with who? The head banker. And reconciliation feels good because it is good. I finally found my purpose. I finally found my place. I finally know there's someone out there greater than me. So when I say, I, ready? To, to be reconciled, not just the first time you sin, but every time you sin. Good. No doubt. All right, do me a favor. You two put hands on Chuck. You two put hands on Cindy. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Jesus, right now. No, but, it, but it's important. Because reconciliation means that nothing is wrong between you and... Good, good. You got to dig deep. Just like they had to put on sackcloth and ashes and weep and all those things. You've got to dig deep. So what happens is it draws you place into a place of intimacy 
at another level. That's when, yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah, we could we could run this thing a million miles, so we can't do that today. Ready? brought you together but not for your sin only he can do that so this is this the repentance has to do with reconciliation and bringing everything into account to account for right and if you're all repenting like chuck says it makes you no, I, 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 i'll trust him it makes you want to go deeper to figure out what it is i can tell you that after i repented it led me to a deeper intimacy to press after the things of God that I knew were there. But that, that lack of repentance kept me from going what? Deeper. Now, I'll go after God, and there'll be another time, I'm sure, at some place where I'll find myself at the same place. Before I go to the next level, I'm going to have to deal with some what? Don't cuss in church where you have visitors. You got some stuff. Right? You never get rid of the stuff. That's why sanctification is a process. Right? And then what it says is, bear fruit. Someone read it. Am I still there? 311? 3, not 311. 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3. Sorry. 3, 3, 3. Bear fruit in repentance. What does it mean to bear fruit? What does it mean to be our fruit? To be productive. What does it mean to bear fruit? What does it mean to bear fruit? Do what you're created to do. What does it mean to bear fruit? Wow. So that's what I'm trying to get at. Now you're attached to something is living and giving what? Life. I promise you, if you're living in sin or you're living in battles and struggles and you haven't repented, there's probably not a whole lot of what? Fruit. But when you come into that place of relationship with him and you've repented, all of a sudden you begin to see what? Fruit. Literally, I can't go into all the details. I had a meeting scheduled for Saturday. I had to cancel. But I've been working, I've been working with this thing for for almost a year and couldn't get it to come to pass, couldn't come to get it to pass, couldn't get it to come to pass. Reached out to this man, nothing. Literally, uh, I felt like God said, hey, reach out today, and, and I did, and, and um, hey, when you're in town, I'd like to get together. Okay, I'll see you Saturday at noon. And for a year, I tried to get a contact with this guy. Because, in my opinion, I had to get things back on the track and God says, now here's the fruit. Literally, I can, I, I'll share this with you. I'll get myself in trouble. Pray about this. I'll tell you to pray for Jamil. I wasn't going to go there saying anybody have to. Jamil Thompson is someone that we have mentored for years to come back to faith in Christ. Jamil ran, um, uh, what's that? He ran the foundation for uh, I'm trying to, uh, JTW. What's that? The Wyatt Foundation. John and Janice Wyatt. It was an educational foundation. And we helped him get the job with Wyatt. And literally, last week, uh, three weeks ago, I had a conversation with Jamil about having every school adopted in Dorchester County by a church. I reached out for weeks trying to get a hold of Jamil. We just played phone tag, couldn't get there. I'm just putting it out there. I repented. I come back this past week. Jamil gets appointed superintendent last Thursday. Jamil reaches out to me yesterday and says, Joe, we need to meet what? 
this week because we've got to figure out the school adoption program now. Ready? You may say it's a coincidence. I repented. I got back on the track, and then all of a sudden, what happened? Right? I had a meeting on Friday with someone about some things, the visions that God's given us, and all of a sudden, no details, but just literally, okay. Does this make sense? There has to be fruit that bear it out of your repentance. If not, maybe you need to check your, whether you're saying you're sorry or you truly repented. I've said a lot this morning, but I'm not done. Acts 2.38, we're getting there. Acts 2.38. Right? Scripture says, repent and be, paraphrase it, repent and be saved. Right? And then be baptized. Right? So to repent happens before you get saved. Salvation is a result of you turning away, acknowledging, confessing all the things we talked about, and then you are what? You can't be saved without repentance. Do you hear me? Churches don't preach this anymore. They preach salvation, but they don't truly preach what? Repentance. And it says be baptized. What does baptism have to do? What is baptism? Does baptism, does baptism save you? Does baptism lead you to repentance? No, what is baptism? Wow. It's a symbolic gesture that you're showing on the outside what God has already done on the inside. How many people were baptized but never repented? What's that? Ready? If you have repented, there will be transformation. If you have not repented, things will stay the... What's that? Or get worse. You know, I wish I had the courage that when some of my closest friends call me and say, man, I'm going through hell on earth, and the train has left the track, my first response is, man, when's the last time you repented? I probably couldn't say it that directly. I probably shouldn't say it that directly. Tara, what are you laughing at? I probably shouldn't say it that directly. What I really should say is, hey, can, before we go anywhere, can we talk about how close is your relationship with Jesus right now? How, how close is your walk with him? Man, there are things in your life that have kind of caused you to jump the tracks. Same thing, same message, just a little different approach. Do I believe in baptism? Absolutely, because we're supposed to make a public display of our relationship with Him that people can what? See. If I've truly repented and I've truly come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and yet nothing is transformed, what have I done? I've joined a country club. I've joined an establishment. I've joined a group of friends. Have I joined the kingdom of heaven? Acts 3.19. We're almost done. Acts 3.19. Anybody there? Oh. 
ho, 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 ho. What does it say? Repent. Turn to God. Can I be honest with you? I'm going to get myself in trouble here for a little bit. As a charismatic, when we feel like someone needs a time of refreshing, what do we do? Come on. Come on, Terry. What do we do? We lay hands on them. Ask the presence of God to come. That's not a bad thing. It's not necessarily wrong. But does it really bring transformation? Does it really bring change? Temporarily. Times of true refreshing come through What's that? Refreshing is revival. is refreshing. It's hot, humid, damp, sticky. It's just miserable. Chuck would say it's great, but that's why he can't have a penny off in the checkbook, but we won't go there. I'm not against the charismatic laying on of hands. I'm not against the prophetic words. I'm not against healing. I'm not against any of those things. But can I be honest, I think we replace the key element of our relationship with God to outward manifestation and not inward transformation. And as a charismatic, they'd string me up on a pole and call me a heretic. And I don't care. Romans 2, 4 says, it's your loving kindness. It's your loving kindness that draws me to repentance. It's your loving kindness that draws me back into that place of acknowledgement that things are messed up. And you still love me and you're drawing me into this place where I just give it all up all over again. Yes, ma'am. It is. Say that again. I can tell you for me, two weeks ago, that's exactly what it was. How often will God forgive you? First John 1 9. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. Joe, what are you trying to say here? Forty-five times in the New Testament, they preached the message of repentance. Forty-five times. Forty-five times. Look it up. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. I, I know I'm not the only one that's ever been there. You want to tell you something?
us now.